What's up, y'all? My name is Ian Edwards, and welcome to the Soccer Comic Rant. It is still kind of, sort of, international week. So we're going to talk about England's last game versus Australia. Uh, we're going to talk about England's game coming up against Italy. Uh, we're going to talk about the games for this weekend with the Premier League, the matchups. Uh, you know, who you, who you, who's your team playing? Who's got a chance to, you know, continue winning or continue losing? And we're going to talk about also, uh, forgot Lee, uh, Sheikh Hasim, that, that is officially out of his, him trying to purchase Manchester United. So Manchester United has managed to lose during international break when no games are being played. So we figured out a way how to do that. And now, uh, Sir Jim Radcliffe is supposedly supposed to buy 25% of the team, which I kind of want to talk about too. So we'll talk about that as, as, as much as we know, because it's the information is kind of blurry. So we're going to have to like sift through the murk of it and see what's up. And then we'll see what Southampton is doing this week in, uh, in the championship. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're going to have some fun. And hope you all are doing good. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, but we want to send you all some love. And uh, what's up, Lee? How's it going, fam? Yeah, all good. All good. Um, yeah, just international break is always, you know, I, I mean, it's football, but it's mm. not the same. Um, it's like eating a meal that you don't really want to eat. Um, it's like, yeah, I'll eat it. I'm hungry, but, you know, the, the the food I really want is is next weekend. Um, so yeah, looking forward to getting back into the real stuff. Why though? Like, I get it. Like, I get annoyed by the international break, but I I am excited to see England play. And like the other day, Netherlands played. I think France. I was like, I want to see that. I want to play to that. And America played Germany. I'm like, I want to play to that. You know, I've checked out that game. Like, there's some international matchups that I really want to see when a country has all its players together in their full power. I want to see what all those people can do together. So I get it, but not as much as like most <laughs> British football fans who are like just major fans of their teams. Like, I'm a little different. <laughs> like, I'm not as mad as y'all are. <laughs> yeah it's like I, said, I don't mind watching watching international games I just don't really feel anything um, it's just a bit like ah this is alright so where are you on the scale of like rooting for England like where are you at um, I, I, I care about England but it doesn't feel the same as, as club football like I would take Southampton winning shit over England winning shit every day right. of the week yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You, like if England won a major tournament you wouldn't feel like a big like boost from it you would no i feel something but not as much as if southampton won something um like club over country for me all day um like i said i'm not i'm not not actively rooting against england i'd love it if england could win a euros or win a world cup but um you know if someone said you get the choice of one southampton or england it'd be southampton damn for real yeah i mean I'm a United fan. We've won some shit. And I just never seen England win anything. So I'd <laughs> love to see England win something. And uh, cause 
in my mind, the way I've been introduced to United, even though we haven't won on a consistent basis recently, I always believe we'll win something, at least something at some point. Yeah. Like we, we, even this is our bad time, we still win something here and there. I'll get to the mm. final or something. But all my life, I've never seen England win anything. So, mm. uh, I, you know, at least I just saw Manchester United win something. And then if we come third and get Champions League, it's almost like that, you know, that unspoken trophy because it's just so important. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, it just depends on who you are and who you root mm. for, you know, and also... Where your, you, this is just your way of saying that my team is unsuccessful. I get it. <laughs> I mean, it is unsuccessful, <laughs> but it's not my fault. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to talk to your owners. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh. Yeah. I think I think I'm also just worried that if England ever do win anything, that there will the the whole country will just fall to pieces. Um, it was bad enough when if we almost do. won something in the Euros the other year. Um, like people, people were just going crazy in the streets. Um, there were people climbing lampposts. There were people putting fireworks in their asses. There was full scale madness, and that was without winning anything. And that was our. <laughs> I mean, we need to win, and then those people do that, and then we weed those people out of society. And then it's a clean slate society <laughs> of sane people because all the insane people uh, got rid of themselves by doing crazy <laughs> shit. So you, you might want to win. There's going to be some carnage. but A natural that, selection as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people who can't handle winning. Poor winners. So yeah, I, I want to see England win some shit. And uh, speaking of, of winning some shit, we just played Australia. So what did you just call that game before we got on? <laughs> I called it England Reserves against Australia. Uh, we played the B team. Um, that's what that was. It, it was. Um, it, I, I liked... If, like, I want to actually... So what's the word on how that game went in England? Like, what, 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 what they saying? I think people were pretty happy to see other players given a chance because that's what people have been calling mm -hmm. for. Um, you know, Southgate gets accused of having his favourites. Um, I mean, he still played Henderson, which, you know, I'm not overjoyed about. Um, he got booed, which I fully agree with. Um, I'm behind oh, that. Yeah. I don't like booing players, but yeah, mainly for the Saudi Arabia stuff. Um, but For him going there? there. Go. Uh, yeah, just or just the fact that he'd been such a vocal LGBTQ ally and then went there that's what he's been criticized for um he's sort of always not, been it's it's so funny they the english media media has made south all saudi arabia is about is denying lgbtq people mm. rights but saudi arabia is i mean like, there's, a, there's also the murdering journalists and bombing yemen as well but you know <laughs> yeah yeah that but that's the thing they're not even bringing up the yemen thing you know, it's like, so that to me, it's like, that's an agenda. Like, that's more prominent, you know, like that than like, and, and, and I feel like the reason why I think it's more prominent because at least he stood up for LGBTQ community. And it doesn't mean because he's going there, that he's turned his back on him. Like, there's segments of like 
England who are against the LGBTQ community. It's just that the segments that are for it are louder, but it doesn't mean like England is like, or any Western country is like completely pro. So it's just like... Well, they don't like to mention the bombing Yemen here because it's uh, it's the UK that are selling them all the weapons to do it. Oh, so, um. <laughs> so that's what that's what I'm saying. That's why that's like, come on, y'all, come on. That's that's bananas. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was good to see players given a chance though, because there's some players in there who I thought were really deserving, like Jared Bowen. He's had a great season with West Ham so far. Ollie Watkins. Uh, was in there. Connor Gallagher has been in good form recently for Chelsea. So nice to see him in there. Tomori got a start. Dunk got a start. Colwell got a start. Um, they switched the keeper up, put Sam Johnston from Palace in um, as well. I think I'd have rather seen Ramsdale, but um, yeah, why him he and played well. Ramsdale? I think because he's been playing um, for his club every week, whereas Ramsdale hasn't now. So so how come that applies for the goalkeepers, but not for Harry Maguire? For not for Harry Maguire, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen anything where Southgate gave that as his reason. I presume that's his reason. Um, that's why I assume but, yeah. too. But yeah, I don't know. Um, but no, I, I was pretty happy with with watching that team. Like I say, I joke and call them the reserves, but there's a lot of players there that I think deserved a chance. Um, and then, you know, there's players who came off the bench like Nketiah. Yeah. Um, Phillips as well so yeah there's like the usual lot of like Foden Rashford Stones and that who came on too um, but no, it was, it, I thought it was, it was it was a fun game to watch um, Australia gave us a good game um, you'd expect them to um, to with you know us not putting our strongest team out and they, they had chances um, you know Sam Johnson needed to do some stuff the defenders needed to defend um, and if Australia were maybe a little bit more composed, a little bit more clinical, they could have got something uh, in this game. But, you know, England are the ones who took the chance when it came. Um, so we got the win. And yeah, Watkins was a real striker's goal, just sliding in um, mm-hmm. and getting that one. But yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was nice to see other people given a chance. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the game. And I thought like a reserve game, yeah, you want him to start like, people that we normally don't see play but is this going to look messy and I don't think it looked messy I I was entertained I love what Bruce Bowen did with his like one shot at stardom you know what I'm saying like he was aggressive he's getting that ball across and he's uh good one twos and you know you know creating chances and uh, you know Bowen for West Ham is almost like a new sign in every year because his mm. level of play like goes up every year. Mm. Like he won them the conference league and then he's not resting on his laurels this season. He's played even better. And uh yeah man, he looks like a and then to come into the England squad and take that form in there, that's pretty impressive. So I'm a he's an underdog man, so I root for him. Like I just naturally gravitate to what he's doing out there just like he's on some underdog shit so good for yeah. him and uh i even thought rashford was good when he came in you know he's like effective mm. he's like i can dribble around australians if i can't dribble <laughs> around australians then i i shouldn't even be out here so i like what he did and uh it's 
funny to see Gallagher just making himself into something. Like with like the doubt of his position as a Chelsea Academy graduate, like the the least on the totem pole, like before. There's so many players ahead of him, like Mount, and the list goes on, but he's the only one to stay at Chelsea and to be like, all right, we're gonna use you as a placeholder in this position. And then to start owning the position that now that Chelsea has bought those players, they're like, We we still gotta play Gallagher. He's 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 figured this position out. And then Southgate's like, Yeah, we I gotta use him too. And hmm. I've seen games when he didn't fit in with the England team and now he's treating the England team like it's Chelsea and making that position and playing with the confidence that he's now plays with at Chelsea. So I like that. So it's good to see Gallagher thrive. Another like underdog guy who I've seen like, you know, out on loan, you know, when you're, you're, you know, your, your team rents you out because you're not their main person. You know, let's let's loan him out to these other teams. So like you're, you're a journeyman, like amateur. And that's a, like, that's standard Chelsea behavior, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then you never end up staying there. But he's like, <laughs> that's why I'm like, the fact that he's still there and now he's a starter of all the people they let go. He's the one they kept. Uh, it's, it's, it's when they should do that documentary about him hanging on for dear life and, and staying at Chelsea and be the last academy graduate standing, the last Colwell standing or whatever they call it. So that's impressive. Uh, I think it was a really good game. And like you said, Australia had some good, created some good chances. And uh, Brad Johnson had to do some things, make some saves, and he looked he looked good. But, yeah. And then Ollie Watkins scored, and I'm glad he scored because he messed up, like, two chances before that. Mm. So I'm glad he did win, score the winner. And he said he took or stole Grealish's goal, but I looked at that. That goal wasn't going in. That was a a shot that turned into a cross that he slid onto. So, so good for him. And then we got Italy. What do you think of our chances of getting Italy? Because if we beat Italy, are we in? Are we in the Euros? Uh, I think almost. Because um, right now we've played five. Italy have played five. Ukraine have played six. And we're on 13 points. Italy on 10. Ukraine on 10. Um <clears throat> So it's um it's a it's a clogged up group, um, but yeah, I think if we beat Italy, we're 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 near enough there. Um, I think actually we would be on head to head records. I think it goes to head to head because if we beat Italy, we'd have beaten them twice. So they can only finish on the same points as us, and we've beaten them twice. So it would mean Why is we have to so lose. Close? Why don't these teams leave us alone? <laughs> Give us some I mean, breathing room. Bearing in mind, after Italy, we've still got to play. Um, like Malta, I think, or someone. Um, who who else is in our group? I know it's not someone good. Um, who else yeah, there's a huge group? drop off after you. Yeah, we still we, we yeah we still got to play Malta again, and that's that's guaranteed three points right now because they've played six, lost six. So um, we shouldn't yeah, even have to I mean, play. They should just give us the points. Come on, Malta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm interested to see what's going on with this because Italy have got a little bit of a scandal going on right now 
Oh yeah, um, with some of their players. So obviously the Newcastle man Tonali, um, mm-hmm. he's out and he seems pretty implicated in it. Um, and there's some uh, there's some other. I think is is it Zanolo, the guy who's at Aston Villa, um, yeah. is in there as well. And there's a defender Fagioli, I think, who's another one in there. Um, and it's thank uh, you. yeah, it all seems thank you, gambling. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, it all seems a little bit uh, all seems a little bit murky. Um, I don't know why modern like day millionaire football players because like normally like when when like yeah I don't know it's just there's no need for them to be to be placing these. I mean, it was stupid with Tony as well. Although Tony did it like earlier in his career when he wasn't making as mm-hmm. much money. Um, whereas these guys like tonali has been at AC Milan and now he's at Newcastle. He's got that Saudi money, but I think it's from, uh, in Italy. Um, but I mean like Zanolo, uh, who's former Roma player now at Villa, he was saying that he only played po- poker and blackjack online. I think it's cause they have like an app. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they found that they downloaded a betting app. So, um, so you yeah, can't gamble at all, or you can't bet. Oh, you, oh, you, you can, you can gamble, just not on football. Um, and, but they're claiming Tonali has gambled on on matches. Uh, but I don't know the, uh, yeah, the details of of what games. But yeah, they they obviously they weren't kicked out the squad. But I think it was just sort of like, oh, it's probably best if you don't take play. some time out right now and uh, just sort of sort this sort this mess out. That's, that's um, serious. They they must. That makes that's like more of an implication of like you are guilty when yeah. Italy's trying to qualify for a tournament and before <laughs> like any conviction or is there is there even actual official charges? Um, I don't think so. But then I, I read a story today that said that there's potentially up to forty players involved in it. Um, Oh, just give us the points then. Why are we even playing this? <laughs> take out the whole team, yeah. Take out the whole team's gone. <laughs> like we took off, we got rid of our gambler. <laughs> so it's only fair that I guess they get rid of theirs. Even Tony's not playing for England. <laughs> Was there something about one of the players like getting like a, a yellow card on purpose or something like that? I'm not sure. I haven't heard no. that, but there was. I mean, there was that story going around about Lucas Pacatar, the Brazilian playing for West Ham oh. before who did that. Uh, but nothing seemed to come of that. So, yeah, I'm not really sure. But, yeah, I mean, it's obviously trouble for them if it does go any further. But it seems, yeah, a little bit up in the air at the moment. I don't know exactly what's happening, but they're not in the team, which, I mean, I rate Tonali. I think he's a really good player. I don't think Zanolo probably would have started for Italy anyway, but Tonali probably could have. Um, so, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see um, whether it affects them at all. I mean, Italy's last game was against Malta, so you can't really read too much into that um they played them uh, on saturday beat them 4-0 mm-hmm. um but, i mean just look at the players they've got they still got you know quality players in there donna rumors stood in there uh, Locatelli, mm-hmm. barella uh berardi you know all these guys are in there so yeah they got udogi from uh from spurs as well he's oh yeah he's playing well so spurs, yeah yeah, they got Moise Keane as well. He's back at uh, back at Juventus, I think now, isn't he? What a weird career for that player, mm. right? Little, because, little loan to Everton. 
Yeah, from but coming from like a major Italian team, then going to Everton, and then you think he's done. But then he goes to PSG, does good there. Mm. Like he's and he scored too. But it's like, how are you a top journeyman? <laughs> Besides the Everton, like how are you like a top tier journeyman? Like you, you're supposed to be established somewhere if you can play for all these top teams in the world. Like he was playing with PSG when they had names. Yeah. You know, and he scored too. Like he'll make a cameo and get goals. So you can't be like, what a waste. There's, there's talent yeah. ain't there. Just looking at his record, he got a goal every two games for PSG. Right. And imagine, who, you know, so he, he, he thrived under the pressure of like, here's five minutes. What you got? And he, <laughs> and he did something. So it's, it's weird for him to not have. So where is he now? He's back at Juve. Juve. Who's like Juve's like front? Uh, they got Vlavic, the Serbian. He's their main man. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, kind of behind him for the number nine role. Right. And so he's a great backup. That's that's good for him. Like less pressure, and he's been at Juve before. So mm-hmm. yeah, I know he was young, but uh, yeah, his kids. It's interesting to see where he's going to go with the rest of his career. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy how young he still is, like considering everywhere he's been, he's still only 23. Yeah, he's been, he's been more places at the end of his career, at the beginning of his career, <laughs> than people are in the beginning. Even <laughs> like his passport is stamped. <laughs> like, like, Hey man, you need a new passport. All the pages are full. Like you've played everywhere. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hopefully you'll settle like into a team team once. Mm. Uh, yeah, going back to the game, I, I think I think England will, will will shade it. I don't think it'll be a a convincing win. I think England will just take it at Wembley. I want to see a convincing performance, and I'm sure everybody, all the fans do. I want to. I want to see like a full team with a convincing performance. You know, that's that's what I want to see. Like Southgate already gave us some of what we wanted to see in the last game by playing the reserve team, like you said. But yeah, I want to see like Jude and everybody, and I want like to, them to style Italy off the park. You know what I mean? Like I want to see like the complete package of like what to expect in, as far as force and style of play in the Euros. I want to see it t- tomorrow. Is it tomorrow or Wednesday? Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes, that's what I want to see, Southgate. So I just, you know, like if I was sitting on Santa Claus's lap and Tuesday was Christmas, I would be like, Santa, this is what I want. I want England to come out in full force and style Italy off the Wembley Park. And score at least three goals. And Harry Maguire not to fuck up. <laughs> Anybody you want to see play tomorrow? Um, I'd quite like to see Foden start. Um, I don't know if he will. I mean, he didn't. He didn't play him in the uh, the game against. Um, he didn't start him against Australia. He came off the bench, so. Mm-hmm. I'd quite like to see Foden in there. Um, 
I'll be interested to see who the midfield is because like Rice and Bellingham obviously both play if they're fit. I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see who he puts in there with them. Um, given that it's Italy, I, I suspect he might put Phillips in just because I think he likes Phillips. He likes him for the big games because mm-hmm. he'll just be disciplined um, in there. And it means Rice can... Because Rice is a good ball winner, but also Rice does like to sort of drive forward at that midfield as well. So mm-hmm. having Phillips in there gives him the license to do that. And I think having those, having Rice and Phillips in there also gives Bellingham the license to go and play a bit more like he does for Real Madrid now. Um, right. Like re- really go and join him with that attack. So yeah, I'd be quite happy enough to see that. I don't, you know, I think Phillips is winging it a little bit because he's not really playing many minutes for for his club but you know I, I think Southgate will go with him and I, you know I won't be too mad to see that um, the front line will be interesting obviously Kane picks himself as the number nine but then the mm-hmm. wingers um, are the ones where I'm not really that sure I think personally um, I'd go with Rashford off the left and Foden on the right because um, mm-hmm. they both like to cut in off those sides um, so that would be my choice but I mean Southgate likes Grealish as well so um be interesting to see who he goes with but my pick would be Kane in the middle Rashford on the left cutting inside Foden on the right cutting inside um centre-backs will be an interesting one I, I personally I would start Dunk because I think he's he's in form right now um he is. for Brighton he's comfortable on the ball he's a good leader as well he's you know he's captain of his club um so I, I would have him in there over Maguire um uh, but even then, I don't know who they're partnering with. Probably Stones. I'd say Stones and Dunk is a pretty solid combination. You know, right. you've got one centre-back who plays for De Zerbi, one who plays for Guardiola. So, you know, right. you know we're gonna have, the ball's going to be coming out the back and into the midfield comfortably. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, exactly who he goes with there. Um, yeah, Pickford. Where's, the, where's, the, Bright, where's the Brighton defender? Why didn't he get picked? The... the, the 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 Geordie that plays for not Brighton the Geordie that plays for Newcastle and just Dan Byrne. yeah he's English I right. yeah he never he never gets picked um I, I don't know I don't know what it is I mean he's obviously performing well at the highest level right now mm-hmm. um must be something Southgate doesn't like about him um because I I would probably say you know he's he's more worthy of a place than say Gway. Um, I like Gray. Yeah. I think Gray's a good player, but I think Burns doing more right now. Um, yeah. He's definitely doing more than Maguire. <laughs> um, I think that's what Southgate doesn't like about him because if he picks him, he'd have to give up Maguire's spot. And that's <laughs> what he doesn't like about him. That's the only thing I can yeah. find. I, I think also when we talk about Foden, the only reason, like, you know how everybody, a lot of people, I think even you feel like Foden should start for for England. Like he never really gets a start. Like he'll get in mm-hmm. the game, but he won't get a start on the starting eleven. But uh, first of all, he must be frustrated. He's like, "Hey, I played more for my club than Maguire, and Maguire plays more for England <laughs> than I do." That's number yeah. one. But I also think Southgate is looking at him like, "I'm gonna play him as much for me as Pep plays him for Pep." So <laughs> if Foden starts starting on a regular basis for Man City, I think then Southgate will be like, all right, I'm starting him. But as long as he's a guy that comes off the bench for Pep, I think that's how Southgate decides to treat him. That's the only pattern that I see that's similar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like you say, though, it's, it's always 
hypocritical with Southgate though because he will treat other players in a different way like Phillips for example or Maguire um, yeah it's kind of weird but you know I mean we're not losing games right now so people will bitch about the decisions but then they can't bitch too hard because the results are there um, you know if he picks favourites against Italy and we get spanked then he'll be under pressure but um I think I think we'll be fine. Um, you know, I mean, there's a chance Italy could win the game. Obviously, there always is. Um, yeah. And Italy, they've shown in the past they're a kind of team who almost enjoys having some scandal going on, some, you know, having their backs to the wall because that when they won uh, the World Cup uh, mm-hmm. back in, in Germany, 2006, I believe that was. Oh, um, yeah. They had the whole Calciopoli scandal going on with Juventus that was when Juventus were getting like demoted down like mm. two divisions or whatever it was and stuff um, match fixing scandals and stuff and that brought out the best in them then so who knows maybe they want this scandal to grow bigger um, oh, shit <laughs> damn uh, and then who else has qualified already for the Euros like I got like a mini list right here, but you could tell me if like yeah, I left so, anybody off this list that so I'm looking at. Or just tell me Austria, your Belgium, France, Germany, Portugal, Scotland, Spain, and Turkey are the ones I've got down. Austria qualified, even though they just got beat this weekend. Ragnik? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're in. Ragnick yeah, they beat Azer- they beat Azerbaijan tonight to get through. Oh shit. So Ralph Ragnick, uh, disgraced, fired Man United coach, has got Austria into the the, the Euros. Good for you, Ragnick. Yeah, these are like easier to get in now. The Euros, though, because they expanded it um, right. for the last couple, and it uh, just means that that's why teams like Austria are now comfortably getting in, and Scotland are getting in because um, it used to be just one team from the group, and now it's mm-hmm. two. And previously, the second place team would have to go into the playoffs, but now it's the third place team. So, um, but I mean, yeah, those teams have still done well to get there. Like, you know, they're there on merit. Like, like you say, Scotland did really well. I mean, they might still top that group. Um, but yeah, Austria in there as well. Yeah, Scotland got through, and I was listening to like Talk Sport, and like, yeah, well, they, they got like group teams like Cyprus and stuff in their group, but they also have Spain in their group, and they also have Norway in their group. Mm-hmm. And to like to qualify ahead of Norway and send Norway to Scotland route through the qualifiers or the playoffs, that's that's pretty dope of Scotland because Norway's got yeah. Holland, like you're saying, or Odengard and some players from uh, Brentford and like just oh, Ericsson, right? No, no, that's not. No, he's Denmark. That's, that's, that's Denmark, my bad. They, those white countries are all the same to me. <laughs> they just <laughs> the super white countries just just blend in, but yeah, yeah, they got some good players on that team. I feel sorry for the teams that have to face Norway in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting to see because um, yeah, they got some other good players. There's a guy Antonio Nusa who's um, really sort of uh, tearing it up right now. He's a young player who's coming through for them. And then they got some other players. They got like Sander Berger, who's played in this country for a couple of clubs um, as well. So they got El Yunusi, used to play for Southampton. Um, 
he's around too. He plays for Copenhagen now in Denmark, but plays he's Norwegian. Um, so yeah, they got some they got some interesting players, but I just think they've also got a lot of just average in their squad as well that can't quite rise up to the levels that you know Harland that sounds like are at. that sounds like Scotland. It's like like you would put the average players on the level of like all the Scotland players, but Scotland doesn't have an Odin guard or a or a Haaland, but apparently Scott McTominay is the Haaland of Scotland, and he is scoring on a Haaland level for Scotland. And before <laughs> the international break, he shit, he got two goals for us. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, they would have been naming our new coach by now for Man United by the end of this international break. Yeah, McTominay got confused in that Brentford game. He thought he was playing for Scotland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what that's what uh that's what uh, uh Rag, that's not that Ragnar, that's what Ten Hag whispered to him before the game. This is an international game. I want you to approach this. Yeah, you need and, you need to start you need to start wearing like Scotland colours, wearing that dark blue I'm down. in your games. McTominay just hitting hat tricks. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Put that big boy forward. You know? <laughs> Uh, what's it, are there any like interesting international games besides England versus Italy coming up? Like, uh, like qualifier clinches. Uh, let's have a look at the games because some of them played tonight. Uh, right. So they're already done. Um, I mean, there's Serbia and Montenegro tomorrow, which is uh, that'll be Not spicy really just because it's. Um, because <laughs> they're they uh, normally they, they, they normally they, fight they, their wars. Well, they were the same. <laughs> yeah, they were the same country for a bit. Um, let's have a look on here. Who else is in the mix? I mean, there's not that many other big games. There's not that many games, and most of them are pretty, pretty mid. Like Denmark are playing San Marino; they'll smash them. Finland are playing Kazakhstan. Malta are playing Ukraine, Lithuania, Hungary, Northern mm-hmm. Ireland, Slovenia. There's not really much going on. <laughs> right. So England's the big watch tomorrow versus Italy. Yeah. All right, cool. And then uh, let's talk about Manchester United sale and then we can get into like uh, mm-hmm. like uh, like the games for the weekend coming up. So mm-hmm. I don't know. So the shake pulls out and from these are the deal points. This, this doesn't make any sense. So he pulls out, uh, Fabrizio Romano says he was offering like 6.5 bill ish for the mm. team. Right. So that's full buyout, that, clear the debt, everything. Get full buyout, clear the debt. Plus put another one, drop another 1.5, like, on like players and like a, a new facility, right? Mm. The the Glazers like nah, right? But they're about to accept another bid for twenty five percent from Sir Jim Ratcliffe, one point five, I think, for twenty five percent of the team. Now let me ask you a question. I'm terrible at math and I'm even worse at billions. But if you get a 25% of the team 
for 1.5, right? Right? How much does the other 75% of the team cost based on that 1.5? <laughs> like, so 1.5 plus 1.5 is 3 billion. Plus 1.5 is 4.5 billion. Plus 1.5 is 5.5 billion. So you sold the team for less. You still have the debt. And you, the other play, people still need to build the stadium. So why are you selling the team for less? I think it's because it's not a controlling stake. But the other, I think the total price previously was because because it's you're like you're also paying for the the privilege of full ownership. Um, I don't know, but I'm I'm you know I'm not running that running that sale. So, <laughs> um, but but it doesn't it doesn't financially make sense because if it's one point five for twenty five percent, then the other twenty five percent would be. 3 billion the other 25 percent would be 4.5 billion like is it going to cost more each does are you saying that each 25 percent costs more than the last it's it's only 0.5 bill short that's but then why don't you uh, 0.5 bill short but it's not just a 0.5 bill short they drop on they give another 0.5 just to manchester united to just like invest plus you owe the the current owners you owe a billion so they're going to clear that billion off so it's more forget the the 0.5 they're going to give to man united forget that you have a billion in debt we're going to pay off that debt so you we clear your debt your credit goes up or whatever when you're in that financial level is credit going up? So you they save you a billion dollars in loans. So you it's one point five more than Sir Jim is giving you. So I don't understand this. Not only that, so he's supposed to be in charge of running the football operations, like hiring a sporting director and like deciding like who's going to be the coach and. Who are we going to buy? Which might mean he has to pay for them. Now, here's the crazy thing. Like, if you're Sir Jim Ratcliffe, right, the worse Manchester United does from now on, if that deal goes through, the better it is for you. Because the worse they do, the less they're worth, the less you have to pay for the rest of the team. If you improve them dramatically this incremental ownership thing you're doing you're gonna have to pay more so this is just a complete confusing thing <laughs> like what's your incentive to do good once you get in there if the team is going to cost you more if they do well wouldn't you just tank it? I mean, uh, there's the you know the prestige of being part of a successful top level sporting team. I think is, and the fact that he's a fan as well. Um, 
I think nasty, he's a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> he's a businessman fan. Businessmen do stupid things when they're in charge of football clubs, though. True. Um, True. Like so many, like like uh, there, there was there was a quote I can't remember who said it. It was a while back, but it just said if you know if you're wealthy and you want to like throw that money away, buy a football club. It's not a good way to make money. Like if you if you if you right. if you want to make money, there's way better investments in the finance world. Than buying a football club um you know it's, right. it's, it's if, if you're going to get a return it's going to be slow if you are even going to get a return um <laughs> and if you if, if you try and focus too much on the returns then you're going to piss people off and you're going to put that club into decline which is what the glazers have done they've tried to take profit out of united and they've done that but they've also you know it's been noticeable <laughs> right it, it wouldn't have been bad if they'd have ran it right they spent enough money mm. to run yeah. it, right? So they could have made even more money. They, they, they've actually made a billion dollars profit out of running a business mm. wrong. Yeah. You know? Well, they've also neglected some other things as well. Like, you know, there was, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously some of the stuff Ronaldo said in his old interview was a bit, um, you know, a bit out of pocket, but the, the stuff he was saying about, you know, the training ground hasn't been redeveloped and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and old, old Trafford, like I've been to old Trafford and it is like, it's got an aura, <laughs> like it's big and it's got an aura to it. You can feel the history there, but also like it's shitty. Um, like, like the, the place is old as shit. Um, it needs, it needs a renovation. It needs, you know, a facelift. It needs, uh, it needs modernizing, you know, it's still yeah. built for people in, I don't know, 19, 19- 20 when they you know they were shorter or something because every time i've been there my knees are, are like scraping against the seat in front of me it's not um you know i need them it's i need them coach, big wide it's all coach seating oh it's 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 horrible yeah i need i need those big wide emirates seats um <laughs> for when i go to arsenal um you know they're they're a lot better there but it's um yeah you can just tell it's old when you're there like i say it's it's still like i said it's still got an aura if you go watch a game at old trafford like you feel it like when you walk out into that stadium and it's it's there in front of you, like it's a sight, but it it, it needs it needs something because it's a it's a horrible experience as a fan to go there and watch a game. Oh, damn! So it's crazy that Old Trafford has earned the old part of the title. Like <laughs> it's old. Yeah. They should call it Old Old Trafford now. That's how old it <laughs> and like how much fixing it needs. You need uh, to build a new Trafford. <laughs> We need to be the new Trafford. Hilarious. Uh, we need a, we need a new old Trafford. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's let's. Uh, so, what do you think? I like. Give me three headline games coming up this weekend, and let and give them to me in a sense like there's going to be the marquee game, mm-hmm. but like also who needs to win no matter who they're playing. So Oof. that's a very pointed question because you know I'm talking about Manchester United versus Sheffield. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like It's a big game because... Yeah. And then it's a big game because that Sheffield... Sheffield hasn't won anything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're struggling. And, and they're struggling. The coach's head is on the chopping block. They haven't spent any money, but something's got to give. So they're either... 
you know, we don't want to be the team that they finally get points off or they get their first win off. And we yeah. want to continue their losing streak so that we can start a winning streak. Like you said, you said earlier that we have a what? Man United? What was that, sorry? You said earlier that Man United has a what? Streak? Oh, one game, one game win streak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're on that one-game win streak. Yeah. (laughs) So we want to make that too, and our fans want to make that too. So this is the perfect road game for us, like our last like four or five games are at home. And if you're going to go on the road, it needs to be against like a weak team. Like it's almost almost like we're at home and because we need to play a weak team to, to... drain their blood and strengthen our veins. So yeah. this is perfect for us. I mean, you kind of have to win this game because like the Brentford win, it took a little bit of the pressure off just before the international break. Cause I think if you'd lost that game, like people would have been, people were losing their shit during the game when you, when you went a goal down um, based on, you know, the run of results before that game. Um, one of that those win, yeah. That win take it, it, you know, it takes a little bit of the pressure off, but if you, fuck up against Sheffield United that pressure is immediately back to where it was no one gives a fuck about the Brentford game that pressure is straight back on you know Ten Hag is 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 sweating if you lose this game so um like like I said the wind the wind doesn't even really lift the mood that much it just takes it just stops the pressure from being as intense for a little bit longer um so yeah just a win there might calm people down uh, you know a little bit um so yeah, it's a, it's kind of a game you, you have to win because if 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 you don't, it's um it, it's one of those ones where it's a disaster if you don't win this game. Yeah, I haven't checked. I should see like how many injuries we got, but we won't know like who's available until the press conference the day, like on Friday. So mm-hmm. it's tough to figure be- out now. <laughs> you better be hoping Rashford doesn't start for England against Italy. Then bench him. <laughs> you you don't want any United players in that team. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Rashford hasn't been playing great just period. So I'm just waiting mm-hmm. for him to turn on and realize the season started and he needs to yeah. get to it. So, yeah, it, he's actually been playing better recently, but nobody, everybody's just so pre-pissed. They're not willing to accept yeah. it unless he puts the ball in the back of the net. But I've seen him giving some pinpoint assists to, to uh, Hoyland, which Hoyland didn't put away. And then... Yeah. United fans are so spoiled. They ignore if you do anything good, if we lose the game or draw the game. Like, like yeah. draws, draws are fought for. Somebody has to play good during a draw. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen like player ratings from teams. Like, say we beat a team one nothing, and they do a player rating. You know, and they'll name all the defenders. So we won one nothing. They'll be like, how about the right back? I'll give him a five. How, I, this mm-hmm. is all out of ten. How about the the left back? Uh, uh, 5.5. How about the, <laughs> the, the, two, two, the, the two central defenders? Uh, 6.5. And it's like, hey, man, even if it was a tie 0-0, zero, zero, the defense is a 10 because a defender's job is to stop goals from going in. 
So how are you ranking the defense based on how the offense did? Mm. Those are two different areas of the pitch. Like if we win six nothing, right? The, the defense doesn't all all of a sudden get nines all across the defense. You know what I mean? Because it's the mm. same nothing that they achieve. It's the same clean sheet they achieve when we tied zero zero. So players player ratings are just so emotional. But yeah, I don't even know why I said that. But I just, I, I just hope we, we win this game. <laughs> yeah. You and just I want hope to bring up your beef with back. player ratings. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it is, it is very arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll yeah. make sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, other than that though, like the games that stand out to me: Chelsea, Arsenal. Just because it's a, you know, it's a London derby. Chelsea mm-hmm. are back in form. Arsenal are now, you know, on a high because they beat City. Um, so, you know, their fans are all like, oh, we passed the big test. But it's like, well, you know, it's, it's like, we're saying, like we're saying with United beating Brentford, like, you know, you're only really as good as your last game. And if you fuck up the next one, it means that the one before that doesn't really mean as much. So, you know, it's all good and well going and beating Man City. But if Arsenal go and lose to Chelsea, it's like, well, you may as well have, you know, not beaten City and, and beat Chelsea. It, it's, it's the same amount of points. So, um, but I think Arsenal, you know, psychologically, it was huge beating City. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see if they can carry that momentum into this game. They probably would have rather not had the break um, mm-hmm. so that they could just roll that momentum on from that game and that good feeling. Um, you know, the, the nature of the of the win as well, you know, getting that goal late on. Um, they probably wanted the next game. The ne- They went to play Chelsea the next day after that game um, and just, you know, keep it going. But, you know, Chelsea... You know, they're resurgent right now. They've got players that could hurt Arsenal if they're not if they're not on it. You know, Sterling can hurt them. He's in form right now. Jackson um mm-hmm. took his goal well in the last game. Uh, Mudrick is starting to look a little bit like a player now. Um and he'll have a point to prove against Arsenal as well, because you know, Arsenal fans all saying they dodged a bullet after they saw him playing for Chelsea. Um because <clears throat> he chose to go there instead of Arsenal. So um yeah, there's 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 players in that Chelsea team. Like it'll it'll be a, a good game to watch, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one because that's the uh, that's like the evening, uh, early evening game, five thirty p.m. here, um, kickoff. So that'll be uh, that'll be a good one to watch. And um, I think like the as a neutral though, mm-hmm. the game for me that I want to sit down and and watch like fully is uh, Man City Brighton. Man City Brighton, yeah. Let me get a piece of this Chelsea game first, and then you could talk mm. about uh, Man City Brighton. Uh, yeah. You know, the same way you're saying that Arsenal would love to play without a break against Chelsea right after they beat City. Mm. I feel like after Chelsea scored four goals and finally like opened the <laughs> dam and figured out how to put the ball in the back of the net, they would want that too. Like, yeah, we just scored four. Now we have confidence <laughs> to score more. So give us a piece of that Arsenal right away. So both teams are like halted dead in their tracks at a good point. Uh, yeah. Where is this game being played at? At Chelsea. At Chelsea. So, yeah, like Arsenal should beat Chelsea no matter where they play. But Chelsea's that team I'm always going to be worried about because there's going to be a point in the season 
where they get their shit together and they're going to go on a run. And then even if they don't go on a run, there's just going to be those games where Pochettino can make them click like an old, really good Chelsea team that Abramovich used to own. And uh, the advantage that Arsenal has in this game is that uh, they're further along in their project and Chelsea is definitely going to have glitches. So can Arsenal, who most of the time does what they got to do, if they can catch Chelsea during a glitch? And to be honest, even when Chelsea ain't glitching, Arsenal could still beat them. So this is like, because Chelsea's just got so much learning to do and they're so young and they just don't have enough adults supervision with those kids that they got that they just bought from out the ether to become Chelsea <laughs> players. So we'll, we'll see what's up, but uh, definitely a game I'm going to love to watch this weekend. And then project they're like, how are the Arsenal fans? Well, they're playing at Chelsea. So Pochettino won't have to deal a lot with like a whole stadium of Arsenal fans singing Spurs songs at him. Or just mm-hmm. attacking him because he was a spur coach, even even though uh, he'll probably still get some of that. And then, yeah, it's London versus London, so we'll see what's up now. And, and I agree with you on this Brighton Hove Man City, like Deserby, mm-hmm. like he's he's the new Pep, like like if, I, if, if somebody don't get Deserby. Before Pep leaves Man City, Man City is where he's going. Yeah. And so why do you like the idea of this game coming up? Just because it's um, yeah, the, the, the styles, just a style of football. Like it's it's two teams who, um, you know, both want the ball and both want to try and play through a press and, and provoke another team into trying to come press them. And it'd be interesting to see, because like, they're two managers who are fundamentalists as well, that like believe like wholeheartedly in their style of play and they won't really change massively for anyone. They'll, they'll make adjustments. Um, be interesting to see in this one if you Nero know, Deserbi does <clears throat> alter it you know, completely, or if they're just going to still try and play through that city press. Um, Cause he's gotten to a point now where the, you know, the players trust that system um, and it's what they know. So, you know, there's, there's, there's teams who have had a style of play and then they change it up for one game and then end up regretting it. Cause they've sort of betrayed their, uh, you know, what they've been working on all season. So um, I would love to see Brighton try and, you know, pop it out from the back against City and see if they can can draw in that press and play past them because that'll be uh, incredible if they can and um, I, can, I, I don't think that I don't think either team is going to be keeping a clean sheet in this game I think there's going to be goals um, I think Brighton yeah they'll, they'll, they'll get at least one in this game and then it's up to City how many they score but um, you know City as well I think they're a little bit vulnerable this season even though they still got quality players obviously De Bruyne is not there um, I think Rodri's back I was going to ask this you game. if he's still um, I need to 
Let me just have a quick double check because I'm curious now. Um, and see. Uh, yeah, Rodri is back available. Um, so that would be big for them getting him back, especially for a game like this if he's starting. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, some of the players that Pep's brought in uh, are learning the system pretty quickly, like Doku as well. Um, right. You know, he's, he's, he's great to watch and he's a sort of player where if Brighton try and go and press Man City, he'll be popping up in those spaces in behind. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, like I said, again, interesting to see what sort of side Pep goes with because he is blessed with options in those wide positions now with Grealish and Foden and Doku. So it's, you know, two out of those three you've got to start. Um, and then the new combination this year with De Bruyne being injured now, he's playing uh, Alvarez sort of behind Haaland. Um, so there's, there's going to be a lot of problems for Brighton to try and deal with, but they've got, you know they've got the confidence and the, and the coaching to, to take that on. So just going to be a really fun one to sit down watch and just hopefully see two teams have a go at each other and try and both try and win that game. All right. I was looking at my phone while you were talking, cause I just wanted to check something. So hmm. Brighton has given up a lot of goals. They've given up eight yeah. goals in their last two matches and hmm. against Liverpool, and I should even go back further. Against Liverpool, they gave up two, but they gave up two, like, trying to bring... The, they gave up at least one of those two, or maybe two of those two, trying to bring mm-hmm. the ball up out the back, but definitely trying to bring the ball out the back. And then they gave yeah. up six versus Aston Villa. And we'd say that Man City is better than Aston Villa, even without Rodri and... Kevin De Bruyne. So then that was 6-1. That was at Villa. But let me go back one more game. Oh, and against one Murph, they won. But the goal that they gave up against Bournemouth was bringing the ball out the back. And yeah. if one team can like press you out is Man City. So hmm. even though, you know, one of the strengths of Brighton recently has killed them in the last three games or has caused them injury. Like they, they bring the ball at the back has kind of hurt them. So it's interesting to see what Deserby is going to do about this. Like, listen, I get it. It's like you've sold some people. So the new people have to learn how you play before and I don't want to change the system. So let's learn the hard way because we're still going to have to learn the system anyway. So we might as well, you know, the ends of the seasons justifies the means. So it depends on how much Zerbi wants to win this game. If you'll change anything and say just once in a while, just kick it long. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see Brighton. And where is this game being played? Let me slide down. It's 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 at City. It's at City. And then City just lost too to to Arsenal. Yeah. So they're gonna to want to rectify shit. Oh yeah. And it's at City. 
so it's going to be an interesting game, but I just have a feeling like, uh, and then Brighton's experiment with two goalkeepers. They don't even really have like a definite mm-hmm. number one. And they, they both can play at the back. But I know one of them, at least, if not the two of them, have made mistakes in games. I can't remember which one they started, if it was uh, the for, same one in those last three. Verbruggen is the young um, Dutch goalkeeper they've got, and he's been making, he's been the one making the mistakes. Steel mm-hmm. is a bit more experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think they'll play Steel for this game. Um, I don't think they'll trust Verbruggen in this game. Um, but they're, yeah, they're two sort of capable goalkeepers that can both be number ones, but Steele's got the more experience and Verbruggen has been making a couple of mistakes recently with the playing out. So I think mm. Deserby will probably want to not put him in the firing line and go yeah. with the experience for this game, given the you know the magnitude of it and uh, the sort of pressure that Brighton are potentially going to be under. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm definitely one of the... I hope United is not playing at this time so I can check it out. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll have to watch that match just regardless period yeah. of this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So many, I say this every year, but then it, <laughs> I have to keep on saying it even more that the quality of the teams in the Premier League has improved so much that like teams that would normally can be considered fringe teams. Like, like I don't like missing a Villa game. I don't like missing a, uh, a Newcastle game. I don't like missing a Brighton game, I don't like missing a Brentford game. You know, it's just, you know, teams are getting, I don't like missing a Fulham game. Like, I'm almost praying for some teams to be bad so I could be like, all right, I, you know, I, I don't have to check them out. But it's like, like I need some of my weekend to myself. And if <laughs> teams are good, then I'm just in the house, in the living room, <laughs> all and, and no weekend, no dates, no nothing. You're just watching <laughs> football. So yeah. So how was Sam Southampton doing? Last game was a draw. Where you at in the table? Yeah. You got? Um, last game we dominated Rotherham, who were bottom of the league, but they <laughs> they clung they clung on. Their keeper their keeper played like a world class game. That guy was oh shit throwing himself around and they, they they hit us with one we went one nil up and then they just hit us with a sucker punch so um yeah we drew that one which was a bit disappointing because if we won we'd be in mm-hmm. seventh right now um no we wouldn't we'd be we'd be in sixth right now we would have jumped over birmingham we'd mm-hmm. be in sixth um but instead we're 10th but it's all like really compact in that league like you win a game you jump places um oh, it's um it's still like that so uh, we're 10th and on Saturday we play whole city who are ninth. Um, so we're on the same amount of points as each other. Um, it'll be, uh, it'll be a tough game. They've got, they've got a solid, solid squad. It's, um, um, it's a good club hole. Uh, the last time we played Hull away in the championship, I was there and that was oh yeah, maybe 10 fucking years ago. Um, oh shit. We had, um, we had Gareth Bale playing for us. Um, that day, I think shit. we played him in the, we played, we played them in the premier league in between now and then, but the last time mm-hmm. we played them in the championship, um, let me, uh, let me have a look exactly 
what year that was. But Gareth Bale scored a free kick for us that day. Uh, we won. We won. It was. It was the second of December two thousand and six. Um, and I went to that game. We won four two. Um, and uh, yeah, Bale scored for us, and also uh, former. New York Red Bull legend Bradley Wright Phillips scored for us that game as well. Um, I'm a big Bradley Wright Phillips fan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the best MLS strikers ever um, mm. with his goal record. So, yeah, we had we had Bale and Wright Phillips playing for us that day um, up at Hull. And, yeah, I, I piled in a car with a couple of friends who support Hanson as well. We drove all the way up there. It's like four hours. Um <laughs> We drove up there to watch that game and yeah, Bale, uh, get Gareth Bale was like 18 years old then as well. Damn. That was, that was mad. Uh, he was just like a, a fresh faced teenager playing left back, um, <laughs> for us back then. So, uh, that's crazy. And yeah, he became one of the best forwards in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Winning champions leagues and multiple yeah. champions leagues. Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty crazy, but yeah, we, we went up there and that was 2006. That oh, I just feel old right now. Yeah. Um, that's what that's doing to me. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll take another 4-2 again. I mean, we're shipping goals right now. We, we've only kept one clean sheet um, all season. So um, I can't imagine we'll be keeping that many this season. In 11 games, we've kept one clean sheet. No, no. Yeah, yeah, just one. Yeah, one clean sheet in 11 games. So who knows? Yeah. Another 4-2 could be on the cards um, if we uh, if we hook it up. But like I said, Hull, uh, they're, one, they're one place above us, joint on points. So um, they, they ain't going to be pushovers. So we'll see. We'll see what we can get. Good luck, Southampton. I'm rooting for y'all. I, I, want, I don't want y'all to slide down the table. Can't be, can't be losing <laughs> y'all. Yeah. How long you had these owners? Uh, this would be this. This would be the second full season. They came in sort of partway, um, sort of back end of the season before last. And then obviously they had the whole season with relegation, mm-hmm. um, and then this is their their second full season. So, but they're not like. The, the, the owners that were there before are still kind of there. These owners are not like full owners, or they are. Yeah, yeah, they're full owners because um, it was a Chinese guy, uh, Zhao. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember his name now, but he he sold up completely to the, the group called Sport Republic, where it's a Serbian billionaire putting the money in, and then mm-hmm. it's a couple of Danish guys, Kraft and Rasmussen, um, who are like the sort of sporting director and chairman. They're the like running the day-to-day operations kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're the group that are in, but um, yeah, people are being patient with them to a certain degree. Um, we just need to try and get out of this division and quick because the longer you stay in the championship, the harder it is to get out of it because it's um, it's an ultra competitive league, which we're finding out this year. Um, so it's, um, it's a tough one. You know, Leicester, Leicester look like they're doing what Burnley did last year, where they're like, we're only down here for one season. They ain't messing around. <laughs> um, whereas uh, I do, I do worry that, you know, I think, I think Leicester have shown that they, they, they've got enough quality to just go on and win the league comfortably like Burnley did last year. Oh, so then right? it's a scrap. Yeah. It's a scrap after that to see who can get second. Ipswich are there currently. They're playing really well, but 
I think they'll drop off a little bit. So I think it's a free-for-all for playoffs and second. Um, so we just need to hope that we're in the mix for that free-for-all and we can uh, hope it you know, lands on the right side for us. Come on, Southampton. Yeah, hopefully y'all can like have an uptick. I, I, I feel like you, you have a new coach. There's a lot of upheaval at the beginning of the season and there's yeah. a point where you'll settle down and then should be able to kick on and then who knows what type of new upheaval the transfer window in January we will bring because that shakes things up again, you know, the whole yeah. league, you know. So, but hopefully you'll be have it be so settled. The only thing you change is like buying something to add to the team as opposed to trying to sell something again. You know, you need, you need yeah. to like keep and maybe buy something that's going to like take you to the next level and kick on. You know what I mean? It's quite interesting. The um, the Argentinian kid Alvarez, uh, Alcaraz, sorry, um, mm-hmm. he signed a new contract just before the break. He's been playing well just before the international break. He signed a contract and he got called up by the full Argentina squad. Oh, so right. he's been he's been boarding out with Messi this week. <laughs> um, oh, shit. So it's going to be a bit of a shock to him when he comes back to trying to play <laughs> with Shea Adams again. <laughs> Who's been starting him or Shea? Shea feels like, I feel like he's been coming off the bench a lot. Yeah, yeah. We've been playing Alcaraz as like a false nine um, with Camaldine Sulemana and uh, Adam Armstrong out wide. But both of them like to sort of, because Alcaraz, well, he's that false nine, so he'll drop in deeper. And then Armstrong mm-hmm. will come in from the wing or Sulemana will come in from the wing and and take that space. And that worked out. We played that against Leeds and we, we ran riot in that game. Um, so, uh, yeah, we started Adams against Rotherham, though. <laughs> um, he got an assist, to be fair, for the, for the goal. So, um, he did okay. But, I mean, he's a striker. It's his job to score goals. And um, he, he was on a hot streak earlier on in the season. But then yeah, there, was a bun- there was a bunch of transfer speculation. And it seemed to mess with his head a bit because he, after the transfer window closed and he didn't get the move, he stopped scoring. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they so, also stopped starting him, kind of. No, nah, he was playing for a lot of those games. Um, okay. It was then that we, we took him out of the team uh, a couple of times. Like, But he's, he's been playing a lot of those games that we lost, which was, uh, yeah, not ideal. But Adam Armstrong's up there with the top scorers in the league. So um, he's relishing this level. It's his level. <laughs> We've said that before, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's, 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 it's true. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, he, he's loving life. But... If we can get back on track with a win, puts us in a good position. Yeah, don't do anything dumb and sell them in January. Right. <laughs> that, I'd be devastated. I'm not even a Southampton fan. I'd be like, what would you do that for? What do you think? You're in the you're using the the championship as the Premier League and just sell your best players? Oh, let's just sell down here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so keep them. All right. Well, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, no, just check out the uh, the socials, Lee Hudson Comedy, on uh, on Instagram. Uh, there's always links to uh, to my shows. I'm all over the all over the country. Um, Going to try and uh, get some more international stuff sorted out soon as well because I enjoyed my little uh, Amsterdam trip. I've done a few other places around Europe as well, so I'll get back out there soon. Try and tie it up with some more football as well if I can. Um, but yeah, all the stuff on the socials, posting the occasional clip on there as well. 
um, when I can uh, when I can be bothered to sit and edit videos. Um, right. So yeah, there's some stuff on there, but yeah, all my shows, all my show details go up on there as well. And I'm always posting stories if I'm at a Southampton game or another random game. So um, yeah, that's all I got them right now. Oh, dope. That's perfect. Uh, I'm at Ian Edwards Comic on Instagram, Twitter, and Threads. And uh, I'm at Elton's Dueling Pianos this Wednesday, October 18th in El Paso. And then the weekend after that, I'm at Boxcar Comedy in Utah, October 27th to the 28th. So, yeah, those are pretty much yeah the gigs and uh the local stuff just like i said yeah ian edwards comic we all thank you for listening we understand there's a lot of turmoil and upheaval in the world going on but let's just do our job people are out there doing that let's do our job to spread the love to balance that out i know people are already doing it so just keep doing it if you're doing it and if you're not doing it then just think about doing it we love you stay good and we'll check you out next week thanks for killing it again on the pod and uh we'll see y'all one